He's been covering the NFL for 40 years. You can get him on Twitter at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. And, of course, with the Houston Chronicle and here locally on Sports Radio 610 with me, John McLean, the general, joining me on the program. John, how you how you handling things these days? How are you and Carol doing here amidst all of the uh, the quarantining? Excuse me. She's been out of town for two weeks, comes back tonight, and uh, I've been holed up in the house practicing social distancing. Ah, there you go. You binge-watching anything good, John? One of the things I like about not having live sporting events, Sean, is all the great things, the 30-30s, the football lives, uh, E60s, all kind of things you just sometimes don't have time for. Yesterday, I spent all day watching baseball games, specifically the 78 Yankees Red Sox World Series, I mean, uh, playoff game, Bucky Denholm run, which I had seen live uh, when it happened. But watching those shows with the players talking about it, Lou Pinella, Bucky Dent, Tom Verducci, Bob Costas, it took you down memory lane. I watched the Texans and the Buffalo Bills last night. Uh, I was eager to see how that game came out in the playoffs. Texans actually won. <laughs> and uh, so I think it's very interesting. The, like the MLB Network and movie channels and and NFL Network, NHL, I watched the first 100 years of the NHL. They all have great features. They're all rerunning them now, but you know, if this lasts another few months, I wonder what in the world. They'll be going back to the oldest film they have. That's right. <laughs> no no kidding. It's it's uh it's strange times, John, for sure. John, I feel like when it comes to Bill O'Brien and the Texans, I feel like I've asked this question of you on various topics with the Texans because you're the most plugged in person here in Houston when it comes to the fan base and interacting with them, social media, the chats that you have, things like that for the Chronicle. And I feel like I ask you this all the time, but I'm going to ask it again regarding the DeAndre Hopkins trade. Is this the thing that's gotten the biggest reaction out of the Texans fan base since you've been as plugged in as you've been electronically with the fan base during the last several years? There's been nothing like it in Texans history, and the only thing I can remember like it that drew the ire of the fan base was when the Oilers traded Earl Campbell, their Hall of Fame running back, first overall pick in 78, three-time league, rushing champion who helped them get to two AFC championship games at Pittsburgh when they traded him in October of 1984 to New Orleans for a first-round pick. And even though they traded him to their former coach, Bump Phillips, fans were still infuriated. But because I think we had three talk shows in Houston then, now we've got five or six social media website. Because of that, this one resonates um, well, put it, Earl compels, the Earl Campbell trade pales in comparison to DeAndre Hopkins. And I think fans are, of course, they they want Bill O'Brien fired last year on top of the 24-point loss to Kansas City. Now this, because as you know, Sean, they're not as good an offense and they're not as good a team. And I don't know how they're going to make up for it, even if David Johnson rushes for 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns in their system, that's still not going to make up for what they've lost as a go-to receiver by Deshaun Watson. And the only way Bill O'Brien will be able to justify it is if the Texans get farther in the playoffs than they did this past season when they got to the second round and lost at Kansas City. That means they'd have to get to the AFC Championship game for the first time in team history. 
John, and this may feel like a rhetorical question because I don't even know that there's an answer to it, but I think it's worth asking because the moves that O'Brien was making before the season, specifically the Laramie Tunsil move where you just empty the chamber of draft capital to go get a left tackle is an extremely urgent move. It's the exact opposite of this DeAndre Hopkins move in which they trade a player in his prime for what I think is below market capital. And so I guess my question is, what's the plan right now? Is there a plan right now that Bill O'Brien and Jack Easterby have that you can sense? Well, uh, number one, they haven't talked, so I don't know. Yeah. Because the league meeting, I'd love to have been able to go to the league meetings on the 29th and have Bill sitting at a breakfast table for an hour while Mm. the media came to him. Why did you make that trade? Why did you make that trade? And his response is always going to be, uh, we make every decision we make is because we think it's in the best interest of the team. And if you say, well, how's it in best interest of the team to trade your second best offensive player? Then I don't know how he's going to answer that, but I'm also not sure he's going to talk until right before the draft. And that'll be all the questions will be about the DeAndre Hopkins trade. As far as their goal, I don't need to talk to them to know their goal is to go to the Super Bowl. How they plan on doing that without Hopkins, and they could have re-signed DJ Reader, their nose tackle. They didn't want to pay over thirteen million dollars. They had a budget for him of around ten. They wouldn't pay thirteen. Now he's got to re- be replaced. He was a fifth-round pick. They need to hit another home run in a later round, like they did when they got him from Clemson. But uh, they still have number one need, of course, is wide receiver. I think after that, it's a pass rusher, and then a corner, and a nose tackle. John McClain, Houston Chronicle, joining me on CBS Sports Radio. Um, John, he's not a Texan anymore, but he might be the biggest name still out there on the market. Are you surprised by how Jadeveon Clowney's free agency journey has gone this offseason? Not at all. You know, he wants over $100 million, as we talked about in Houston. You're not going to get $100 million unless you can get the quarterback consistently. And, and he's never had 10 sacks great against the run. He's coming off an injury-plagued season. He had one really incredibly game, incredible game on national TV in which uh, Seahawks went to San Francisco and won. And he was – we saw games like that here. You know, you'd like to see him more consistently. But considering he's injured and you're not going to have a neutral physician examine Clowney and give your doctors the report – when just like on Cam Newton, anybody that's coming off major surgery, you're not going to do that. You know, you're going to do it for a guy past his exit physical with no problems, has had no issues in off season. Then you tend to trust a neutral physician. But I don't think I think Clowney will have to sign a short term deal. If I was him, I'd sign like two year deal. Try to stay healthy, have a great season, and then hope my new team would uh, redo the deal after a season. Yeah, John, I'm, you know, I'm looking at a report from earlier today that says the Seahawks are maybe moving towards a deal with Clowney that would be just a one-year deal for money that's actually less than the franchise tag, which is crazy to think that he got the franchise, the, he got the Seahawks' ability to put the franchise tag on him taken out of his deal specifically when he got traded. How ironic would that be if he winds up signing with the Seahawks for less than the franchise tag that he asked to be removed from his contract? When the Seahawks took that away, I thought, man, oh, man, why would they do that? 
Yeah. And now, if they sign him for less than the franchise tag, John Schneider and Pete Carroll are going to look like geniuses. And I think that would be very smart for Kleine to do that, hope he was healthy, then get a new deal. Seattle's never made any bones about the fact that Seahawks want him back. They just weren't going to pay more than $100 million. Is there any sort of vindication that you think Bill O'Brien feels in that Clowney's market has shaped up the way it has this offseason? I think O'Brien's got other problems than to worry about <laughs> vindication for DeAndre Hopkins. I don't think that is something that's on Bill O'Brien's mind with what he's being subjected to by the fans and the media locally and nationally right now. Yeah, it's crazy. John McClain joining me on CBS Sports Radio. John, of the other quarterback decisions made In the AFC South, Ryan Tannehill gets a big deal with the Titans. Phillip Rivers moves to the Indianapolis Colts on a one-year deal. And then the Jacksonville Jaguars, one year into the Nick Foles experiment, punt and trade him to Chicago for now making Gardner Minshew the starting quarterback. Um, Which which of those raised your eyebrows the most of the three decisions made in the AFC South? Well, really, Sean, we expected all of them. Doug Marone was going to go with Gardner Minshew. He was 7-7. As a starter, as a rookie, we knew the Titans were trying to re-sign Tannehill from the get-go. They never tried to put the kibosh on the Brady talk because they wanted Tannehill to worry about that. But their priority was to sign him so they could franchise Derrick Henry if, indeed, they couldn't get Henry signed to a long-term deal. And I think Rivers, to be reunited with Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni, was one of the worst-kept secrets in free agency. And I wrote a column yesterday saying the Texans are the only team and glad Rivers is there because they're one and four against Jacoby Brissett mm. and two and three against Rivers. Of course, tongue in cheek when I wrote that, but Rivers, I think coming into the division for a one year deal, 25 million makes the Colts better. The Colts and Titans think they can overcome the Texans. They've won the division four out of six years. Last year, the Colts were favored, didn't make the playoffs. I'm pretty sure Titans will be favored after what they did in the playoffs and the fact they got their big two back and the fact that the Texans have lost DeAndre Hopkins and D.J. Reader and the Jaguars are rebuilding at a time when Doug Malone's seat is so hot he can't fit. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Uh, John, last one before I let you go. we got about a minute. Uh, the Patriots re-signed Brian Hoyer today. Who do you think is going to be the starting quarterback for the Patriots in week one of the 2020 season? The son-in-law of Houston Rockets president, Tad Brown. That would be former Baylor slash Auburn quarterback, Jared Stidham. I think if Bill, o- I'm Bill O'Brien, Bill Belichick wanted to sign one of those veterans, we would have heard about it. And I know this, when Stidham played as a freshman at Baylor, he was really good till he got hurt. Then he went to a system that didn't really fit him in Auburn, but still did well. And I remember when Drew Bledsoe went out and everybody in New England was pulling all their hair out because this six-round pick couldn't play and looked how that worked out. I'm not saying Stidham's going to be Tom Brady, of course. I'm just saying if Bill Belichick thinks he can play, that's good enough for me. Yeah, they seem to like him up there, John. They seem to like Jared Stidham, right? They do like him, and he likes being up there. Nick Casario spends a lot of time with the quarterbacks, too. They got a good relationship. I can't wait to see how it works out, although I have to admit, Sean, I'd love to see Jameis Winston go up there <laughs> and see and see if Josh McDaniels could cut those interceptions and those pick sixes in half. 
Oh, that would be oh, Jameis Winston and Bill Belichick in the same building would just be uh, that would be uh, heaven. That would be mana from heaven, John, from a content standpoint, for sure. John McClain, you can get him on Twitter at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. Very good Twitter follow. And uh, of course, one of the best when it comes to covering the NFL. John, appreciate the time. Uh, I will catch up with you later this week here in Houston. That sounds great. Sean, stay safe. All your listeners, stay safe, too. Thank you very much. Thanks, John. Great stuff, as always. Really appreciate the time.